we interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to bring you a special presentation of Two Nerds, a podcast. Your home for everything movies, movie, music, video games, and everything in between. With your hosts, Bunny the Bruiser and Dynamite, Jared Latching. How's it going, everyone? We are Two Nerds. Fuck Donald Trump, this is a fucking podcast. I am Bobby the Bruiser! And let me tell you something, Bruiser. What you gonna do with Dynamite Jared and Buddy the Bruiser? Run wild on the orangutan in chief and throw him out of the White House, brother. This uh, is Two Nerds a Podcast. Dynamite Jared. And we've been, wa- we've been waiting. We almost didn't have a podcast this week, but we were... We were biting our fingers for days, waiting for this result, and thankfully we can get this in for you guys this week. Uh, we were counting the votes, counting the ballots. As I predicted, the election ended before Nevada even finished counting. They're still counting in Nevada, buddy. Yeah. They're still counting ballots. It's over. Yeah. They're still counting out there. Yeah. Somebody should let them know. Someone should let them know it's fine. (laughs) They're off the hook. (laughs) It's good. They can remain light blue. Yeah. As as opposed to the darker shade of blue that would indicate that Joe Biden has has won the state. Yes, true. I know it is a very very sad day for uh for your friends. My friends. The the right wing (laughs) sympathy. You mean my base, my supporters? Yes. My only true fans on this podcast? Yeah. Yes, our 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 champion, our our Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. He's <laughs> he's out. He's gone. They're giving him the kibosh. He's he's done. Yeah. It's over for him. Yeah. I don't know. I mean they keep saying blue lives matter. I saw a lot of blue on that map, so That's what are they lives? I don't know. All votes uh, matter. What was like there was something that I saw the other day that was um man, we probably could have tricked this is probably how Joe Biden won. <laughs> they probably tricked uh some of these Blue Lives Matter supporters by just saying vote blue. Probably, they're, yeah. They're like, Oh man, <laughs> we support the police. Yeah. And they went in. Yeah. And Joe Biden didn't say anything to the contrary. I think he said during one of the debates it was I support the police or something yeah. like that. That's an elaborate ruse. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so we switched from one old white guy, old rich white guy, to another old rich white guy. But this old rich white guy probably can't do any more damage than the last one did. Right. I guess we switched from an old rich orange guy. Yeah, it was definitely yeah, 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 definitely a, like a burnt sienna or something. <laughs> So Joe Biden, for the next four years, you can you can sit in the office and you can wear your uh, wear your uh, what what God Jesus Christ, holy crap! Your your cop sunglasses. His aviators. Aviators, thank you, Jesus Christ. Your aviators and leather jackets and jeans. Look like he's in Top Gun. And hopefully, you can pull off some meaningful. Uh, passed some meaningful legislature, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Uh, Mitch McConnell's 
<laughs> still over there. Yeah, he's you still. Know, the... Have you seen a photo of his hands recently? Mitch McConnell's? Yeah. No, I. P- I please, okay, okay, so right. Photo okay, okay. I need you to do this right now. Okay. I need you to go look. Just go Google. Just look up Mitch McConnell's hands. Okay. Please. Mitch McConnell. Everyone in the video already knows what I'm talking about, but just take a peek. Let's see here. Mitch McConnell. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not, I, I haven't even seen his hands yet, but I've seen this guy before in other videos. I didn't know that that, that was Mitch McConnell. Yes. I, th- uh, I thought that he was uh, a younger, a little bit younger, maybe in his 40s. Thank oh, God no. he looks like he's about to fucking keel over at any moment. And we can only hope that that happens sometime <laughs> in the next couple days. Um. Yes, at any moment he what could expire. What the hell is he? Yeah, he's already dead. According, <laughs> the, to <his> yeah. <laughs> according to his hands, yeah. According to his hands, the rigor mortis has set in. What the fuck? But apparently everything's fine, he, as he claims, as his hands are literally decomposing in front of everyone. What is happening here? I don't know. This is a relatively new thing. This is like happened in the last like three weeks or so. And he has like a weird purple tint around his lips. I don't know what's going on. He's literally turning into fucking the blob or something. I don't know. There's something going on. But he says he's fine. <laughs> I mean, of, I mean, of course he, of course he's fine. God will protect him. Yeah. God will keep him around. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm actually very relieved to see Mitch McConnell's. <laughs> condition right now i thought that this was a motherfucker that we we were gonna have to be dealing with (laughs) for the next like 40 years no we got enough (laughs) for for a long period of time we got a couple weeks left with this guy (laughs) he's gone so so that's good yeah hell yeah 2020 is turning around yeah right towards the end yeah you're cheering us on with your uh big foam finger right now that only i can see the Cavs uh championship uh, year foam finger yeah that's good i i want one of those old i think i swear to god i had it when i was a kid but i don't know if i did for sure i dude i had i definitely had it i got it when i went to the fucking house show in 98 where the where the main event was goddamn the four corners fucking match the fatal four-way between stone cold mankind kane and the Undertaker, holy fucking shit! <laughs> and goddamn, mankind got tangled up in the microphone cords, and and you could just hear him goddamn breathing and fucking wheezing all yeah. throughout the arena, the the Dundarena. I bought one of the Stone Cold foam fingers where it was the middle the finger. The middle finger, yeah. That was up. <laughs> I definitely had that son of a bitch, but I wish I still had one. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of things from our childhood that we wish we still had. That could be a whole episode in and of itself. But yeah, so what's what's going on, man? I mean, you had your sandwich. You you good to go? <laughs> yeah, I, I ate my subway. I watched the new Abroad in Japan video uh, that just came out today. Very very uh, good stuff. Um, and um, I'm here talking to you. Yeah. Full gear is tonight. You got plans to watch that with Midnight Miles? Nah, no, I, I think he's I think he's chilling. He hasn't hit me up at least. I don't know. I mean, oh, thank God for you. I mean, we're we're <laughs> we're recording this right now, so I don't know. I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, well, full gear still, maybe you still got like 18 minutes for this guy to text oh, yeah. you. I know, right? <laughs> I'm seeing it. I got my PlayStation open right now. And it's on like the TV and video page. And over in the PlayStation store, it's got full gear. You know, so I could buy and stream full gear if I wanted to. God knows I don't want to. If I wanted to watch you know gymnasts i would i'm gonna wait for the for tokyo 2020 yeah, wait for the olympics yeah <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so speaking of stuff we've been watching uh i've been keeping up with your letterbox and oh boy. it looks like things have been getting back to normal those ratings are starting to drop a little bit what well, what did i what did i watch here the, the month did not finish out as as uh as strongly as I would have liked. We've got... Okay, let's see here. Somebody's watching some Connery Bond films. That's my brother. All right. Oh, my goodness. Yep, yep, yep. This is... Some of these were... Yeah, these were not even goddamn... In October. Old uh, Stab Wound Steve came over the day of... November 2nd to mm-hmm. watch a movie and we ended up watching two horror movies that were pretty bad. Not that good. Two stars. Yeah. So what so tell us about it, man. What what were you watching? We watched well, the we Okay. So hold on. So we didn't talk about I think from last time since we were on the show, you didn't talk cuz you rated Be My Cat 1 star. So what? Yeah. So the last so, thing that we talked about was Stillborn. Yeah. Because we, me, and you watched that together. Be my cat is a is a found footage film about some dude from the where is he from? Fucking the Czech Republic or some shit like that. Romania. He's Romanian. Um. And he's obsessed with Anne Hathaway. He wants to make a fucking video, a movie with Anne Hathaway. And to persuade Anne Hathaway, he proceeds to send her a video of him murdering many young women. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very boring, very, <laughs> you know, I've made it sound a lot more exciting than it actually is. It's um, it's really bad. I, <laughs> and I was reading reviews about it, and I'm thinking, like, okay, this could be good. This, could, this sounds kind of messed up. Kind of a, you know, maybe will disturb me a little bit and it did not. It actually just put me right to sleep. Um, and you know, a lot of people like to, uh, criticize me like, Oh, you didn't even watch half the fucking movie. You were asleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a common criticism of you, but the falling asleep is a factor because I mean, if it's any good, I mean, you wouldn't fall asleep. Exactly. Because look at this. Okay. I, I slept through that movie and I had to wash the, fucking bad taste out of my mouth and we immediately moved on to the unwelcoming house after this which is another found footage movie about a ghost like a, a you know it's kind of like a paranormal activity kind of deal right and it was decent and it fucking kept me up and i by the time that movie was over i didn't even feel like sleeping i wasn't even tired so it wasn't even a matter of it being tired be my cat. A film for Anne was so <laughs> fucking bad that it just put me to sleep. 
it's just nothing's happening, nothing's happening. It's just this guy talking to the camera. And then when he does kill somebody, it's like through strangulation. And it's just not even that much to fucking look at. You know what I mean? This is Yeah. It's just bad. It's not exciting. It's it's awful. It was terrible, terrible. I gave it one star. Unwelcoming house, I gave three. It was decent. Yeah. It was decent you know, very poorly acted. Very, very badly acted. But I was invested in it, and it had some legitimate creepy moments that had me on the edge of my seat. And then I watched House of the Devil, which I gave two and a half stars, because I liked it, but I really think that I should have liked it a lot more. Yeah, well, I haven't seen it since it came out, and me and you have talked about this off the show, because I I talked to you the day that you watched it, and I legitimately didn't know that it was a newer film, because, like, I saw it, like, when it first released. I thought it was, like, an 80s film. So, like, I think that they pulled that aspect off of it pretty well. But I haven't rewatched that's it my, since That's then. my favorite part of the movie, is as I was watching it, since it was shot on 16mm, um, it looked like an 80s movie, or an 80s or early 90s movie that takes place in the 80s, or whatever. The look and feel of the movie was spot on, and I loved that part of the movie, and then nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> nothing happens. Nothing happens. Boom. Last 10 minutes. Everything in the kitchen sink gets thrown at you. And then it's over. And it was just like, okay, man, this movie could have been 20 minutes long. Yeah. She gets a babysitting job call. She goes to the house. Something's not right. Boom. They got her in the fucking satanic ritual. Boom. She escapes. Oh, oh no. no you're pregnant with Satan's fucking baby now. Okay, that could have all been done in 20 minutes. No, what we get is like an hour and 10 minutes of her um, just fucking existing, basically. She gets the call. She calls in about this babysitting job. Okay, guy says, okay, meet me here. All right. He doesn't show up. So we get another (laughs) fucking 20 minutes of the movie where she's just butthurt that this guy didn't show up. And it's really all for nothing. All it does is just extend the movie for another 20 minutes because then eventually he calls her back and he was like, hey, sorry, I didn't show up. Can you still do the job? Yeah, it's kind of weird. And, you know, it is kind of foreshadowing to, man, something's not right about this. Yeah. But, Jesus Christ. And then she gets to the goddamn house, talks to this guy. Her friend gets shot, which is the only thing that happens in the entire fucking movie until the end. It's just like, and the rest of the movie is just her walking around the house and nothing happening. Yeah. Yeah, because I haven't seen it in years, but Miles talks about it all the time because he sucks the director off a lot because he's the same. He's a Ty West, the guy that did Innkeepers and all that. And you hate. Innkeepers sucked. (laughs) That movie sucks. Like, I'm sorry. That movie's ass. And if you rated it anything respectable, buddy, just so Miles wouldn't come at you you should you should retroactively lower your grade for that movie i think i gave it like two maybe like two and a half but i didn't think it was that bad just because of the way like i watched it because i watched it like with him and stuff but like i have i have a feeling if i was watching it like by myself it kind of would have like dragged but what um, else has this motherfucker done let's 
He did. The, oh so apparently the next film that Miles and I are supposed to watch is called The Sacrament, which is another film that he did. Right, um, and actually I've heard good things about that. I would like to watch it. Yeah, well you should come out when we watch it, whenever that is. So let's see here. He's, he's directed 14 films. Um, three of them don't even have poster art on Letterboxd. Um, because I know he did some short films and he did like a couple segments in like those VHS movies. Um, yeah, he's in the first VHS. What segment does he do though? I don't know. Does it, it doesn't say on the thing you're on. What did I give the first VHS? Three stars. Um, no, it doesn't say I want to. Let's see here. Ty West. I'm pretty goddamn sure that I'm pretty sure that his section is the fucking mass suicide like portion. I'm not sure. And yeah, I'm looking on his... Where they all drink the fucking punch and they all die or whatever. I'm going to see if it says on Wikipedia which one he directed. Because even on IMDb it just has him listed, but it doesn't say what segment. VHS 2012. I am also going to Wikipedia, so it's it's really whoever finds it first. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Alright, so... Second Honeymoon by Ty West. So I don't okay. even remember this. Visit a Wild West. Uh, Theme attraction, the, yeah, the fortune teller. I vaguely through. remember this. Um, yeah, and again, I haven't seen the film VHS since it came out either, so that's another one I need to rewatch someday. Yeah, I don't remember this at all. Yeah. Actually... Uh, pretty much the sacrament, from what I've heard, is just fucking <laughs> a whole movie of people just committing ritual suicide. Oh, really? So, <laughs> but I've heard that it's good. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. We shall see. Yeah. And then you guys will discuss it on your podcast, right? Well, if you, if you, if you watch it with us, I mean, you can be a part of it. But we'll have to see. Oh, well, uh, what if I hate it? I thought, well, I if you know. hate it, then it'll make an interesting conversation. <laughs> All right, so... There's a lot more sections in the first VHS. Yeah, there's like ten, right? That there's I like don't a, even... I don't remember most of it. Like, I remember the one with the succubus. I remember... Or the siren, or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I don't remember most of these. It's I'm a like, succubus. There's no way it's a fucking siren. Well, because I think they made a spin-off movie called Siren, and it was the, it was the same... The yeah, one. spin-off film Siren. But that's a succubus. I, th- I think it's, like, is it interchangeable, right? Because a siren is... It literally says in the plot description here on Wikipedia, this reveals that she is a succubus who was on the hunt. I mean, is a succubus and a siren the same thing? Well, let's see here. Um, difference between succubus, uh, and siren. Despite being usually female, originally Greek sirens were depicted as both male and female, 
although the male siren consensual concept virtually became defunct later. Succubus is a demon sex spirit that takes the shape of a woman to seduce men in their sleep, and then what's a siren? Because, so basically, a siren can be male or female, but a succubus is a woman because an incubus is the male version, right? I, I think that what we're getting here is a very, um, not the whole answer. Right. No star reviews will let us know. For sure. Right. A succubus preys on men while they, usually while they're sleeping. Not true. They're not sleeping. A succubus preys on a fucking horny man and then sucks his dick and bites it off or whatever. Um, they usually have intercourse with the male and the more encounters they would have, the more drained the male would feel. Oh, okay, so they do fuck him, but then when they fall asleep, they eat him. Yeah. Sirens, on the other hand, were supposed to be very beautiful with the most gorgeous voices. They would lure sailors to their deaths by singing to them and having the ships be drawn to the rocks and sink. Yeah, because sirens and mermaids are basically the same, like the mythological mermaids that are, like, evil. Alright, so... So there's your Greek mythology for us. Are succubi, are succubi Greek? Uh, I think sirens and mermaids are. The sirens are not evil by nature. It's possible that the sirens sang to avenge the wrongs against them. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting stuff, yeah. Very interesting as we delve deeper into the nuances of Greek mythology here on Two Nerds Podcast. As you know, yeah. So then, what else What else do you watch? So, House of the Devil was the movie that I watched on Halloween. That, that was the end of 31 Days of Horror. Two days later, we came over, Steve came over, we watched Un- Unwelcoming House Part 2, which just was not as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I think about it, I was thinking about lowering the rating, but I think I'm going to keep it at a two. The ending was pissed. Like the one of the worst, <laughs> one of the worst endings ever. Um, and it was like one of those things where I like came up with a better ending, like immediately, and like instantly. I was like, "Well, brother, you could have done this." Like, yeah. Um. And then after that, we watched uh, "Follow Me," which is about a YouTube vlogger that from the UK that travels to the United States that uh, gets murdered. Yeah. Yeah. So that one sucked because. Once again, nothing happens until the very end of the movie. There's like subtle hints dropped that maybe they're being followed throughout the movie. And they're not even really hints. If you didn't know what the fucking movie was about, if they didn't tell you what the movie was right at the beginning, like, oh, here's the what was left on the camera of the last 24 hours of her life or some shit like that. Hmm. Then it would be nothing. It would just be like, oh, they got a flat tire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, you know, like, oh, this guy's acting kind of weird. Oh, you know, like, so, like, really nothing happens until the very end when the dude just nothing short of busts in and fucking kills him. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, that um, that movie was not very good. Yeah. Well, since our last show, I only watched two films. Um, one was a horror film, and one had some pretty horrifying elements to it. Um, so we'll start with that one, because I watched it first. Um, so I saw Borat, the subsequent movie film. Um, which of course is the some horrifying elements. Some horrifying elements, of A- course. AKA Sasha Baron Cohen's fucking full frontal nudity. Uh, yeah. I I can't remember. I, he might have been fully nude in that one. I think he's got that. Anything less would be a letdown because in the first one he yeah. chases the they chase through the fucking hotel completely ass naked. Yeah. With uh, Azamat or whatever his yeah. name is, who has since passed on and has been skinned and turned into a leather chair with dick still intact. <laughs> and, you, and you do see his So if dick. you sit on the chair, the dick goes it, up your ass? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see this goddamn movie because the first Borat's really funny. It's, pre- it's pretty good. Um, I don't. I won't say it's as good as the first, but I, it's it's pretty good. I mean... They make Borat more of a sympathetic character in this one. Um, he sort of has like a redemption arc in the film. Um, but it's still... Well, you would think that in 2020 you can't go around <laughs> as a fucking sexist, psychopathic stalker trying to fuck Pamela Anderson. Yeah. So, yeah, he has a change of heart at parts. Um, a lot of the film follows his daughter, um, which is where a lot of the controversy comes in. Because basically his daughter gets like a makeover. The premise of the film is Borat is trying to give his daughter away to Mike Pence as a gift. So so that's the plot of the film. But basically, and like you find this out because I'm sure you've seen images online. They can't get to Mike Pence. So they figure Rudy Giuliani is the next best thing. Um, And then there's the scene where... Basically, Rudy Giuliani is about to pull out his dick in front of a fifteen-year-old, <laughs> and then Borat busts in. Borat busts in. He's like, "No, wait, she's too old for you." <laughs> he said she's too old. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was his thing. I, I, I listened on the Jim Cornette show because they were talking about this because uh, Jim Cornette, uh, Jim Cornette, and uh, his co-host, the great Brian Last are known Democrats that sees every episode to talk shit on Donald Trump and his contemporaries. Yeah. Um, And uh, so, you know, they talked about how fucking Borat got Rudy Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, but he, they kind of described it as Borat came in like, no, stop, she's 14. You yeah, know, he, like, he runs in, no, stop, she's 15, she's too old for you, is what he says. <laughs> they didn't include that part, <laughs> which makes it even funnier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, well, if, if those of you watching are unfamiliar with what the Borat stick is, is he's basically pretending, like, all of the people he interacts in this are real people and stuff, and they don't know that he's faking. And at one point, like, they're shooting the movie when coronavirus, like, starts. So Borat isn't aware of the virus, and he actually actually ends up quarantining with these random rednecks in, like, Washington State. And actually lives with them for, like, five days or something. And they had no idea. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy that people how are... Does, un- how does this work? 
because do the rednecks have to sign like a release after or so so here's what happened i guess so they thought that he was just because like obviously there's cameras and shit so like they just thought he was this foreign guy and they were like filming a thing about him like they didn't realize it was this satirical mockumentary this is where i'm gonna call bullshit Surely 90% of people in America have seen the first Borat movie at this point. Well, Bor- and that's a plot That's a plot point in the Borat movie because everyone knows Borat, so Borat is in disguise through the majority of the film. I think they call him, like, Country Steve or something. He's, like, wearing, like, overalls and, like, they give him, like, a big pot belly and stuff. So that, that's part of it because Borat just can't walk around. So, like, he's undercover as Borat. Okay, so Sasha Baron Cohen is it's disguised as Borat, disguised. Who's disguised as Country Steve. Yes. Okay, this is very deep. Very um, but yeah, the film's great. I don't know if it's as good as the first one because the first one obviously came out at a much different time in the world, and I haven't seen it in many years. Um, but this the one, only thing I remember is the the stuff with Pam Anderson at the end, and he because he actually reaches Pam Anderson. He does, yeah. And like f- tries to fucking kidnap her or something. I can't even remember what he. Well, he wants to make her his wife because he falls in love because he watched Baywatch or whatever. Right, but then he finds out that she's had sex before. He, like, he yeah, sees, he found out he's not a virgin. Yeah, he sees <laughs> the Tommy Lee tape and he's yeah. uh, very very upset. Like <laughs> very I think when ups- doesn't he encounter when he encounters Pamela Anderson when they actually encounter. Like, doesn't he start, like, saying, like, obscene things to her and, like, really fucking coming at her? I think so. I'm pretty right? sure he sees, he sees the Tommy Lee before he gets to Pam Anderson. Like, the one guy shows it. He's like, dude, she's not a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> stop. Stop. You know, dude, you're lying. And <laughs> yeah. And shows him the Tommy Lee sex tape, and he's destroyed after this. Yeah. Well, he still tries to kidnap her. I think he, like, brings, like, a burlap sack or something and, like, tries to shove her in it. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember is, is meeting with Pam Anderson, which obviously I don't remember very well. Yeah. And then the scene with him and uh, the and the guy running through the hotel. Yeah. And they're, they're like having meetings and stuff and they're just naked running through. That's incredible. Yeah. That's like one of the most insane things ever. Yeah. It's definitely one I'm going to have to rewatch. Yeah, you're going to have to watch the, the new one. It's on Amazon uh, for free or whatever, so. Um, I was going to say something else about it, but I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. It's just really funny. Um, but yeah, it it was shot and filmed in quarantine. Well, during the coronavirus stuff, um, just like the other film I saw because I went went over, uh, Casey's the other night with my wife and we had her sign up for the free trial so we could watch host. Jesus and, Christ, you could have just took my goddamn password. Well, well, I'll have to get it from you when the show's over. But, yeah, so she signed up for the free trial. We watched Host. They were a little triggered because they are obviously in Zoom classes all day. So, like, as soon as the film started and they're, like, clicking through, like, the settings on Zoom, they were like, oh, no. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> like, horrible memories from class earlier in the day <laughs> were coming right back to them. Um, but it was good, man. So that's hor- it's it's horrifying in another way. That yeah, yes. like it could po- potentially trigger a Zoom class PTSD. Yeah, that's an element that I wasn't affected by. Yeah, 
So, yeah, I thought the film, I thought it was really good for what it was. I, because, I guess, because you talked about it a little bit last week. I wasn't, yeah, I talked it up big time. I wasn't expecting as much to happen, I guess. Like, I wasn't, because, like, I wasn't, I was thinking it was, like, super, super low budget. But, like, there's some decent effects in here. Like, there's some stuff going on. Like, there's people floating above the fucking, like, swimming pool and like falling in and shit like i didn't expect to see like effects in it i guess i don't know yeah like i was like surprised yeah expect not much to happen it's like it's like a 56 minute movie and about 15 minutes in it's just like a total shit show for the for like the rest of the road it's like the exact opposite of goddamn be my cat or um fucking Follow me, or even House of the Devil. Even though House of the Devil is much better than the previously two stated films, yeah, the aforementioned films. But yeah, it, it was it was good, man. I mean, I wish it was a little bit longer. Like I like that it was short, but I mean, it could have gone a little bit longer. Um, well, I, it was so goddamn entertaining. Yeah, and it was a roller coaster ride that. At, when it was over, it was kind of like, well, you know, I probably could have done with a little bit more of that. Yeah. But at the same time, that's a that's a good thing to leave you wanting some more. Yeah. They were scared, man. We always getting the oh hell knows, and they were like hiding under the covers and shit. So it's there was pr- some creepy it's stuff a- going on in the damn movie. You know, you're turning around and somebody's fucking hanging from goddamn noose or whatever. Yeah. I remember uh, Stab Wound Steve was a little uh, a little on edge, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then that final jump scare got him. Yeah. The Whatever the fuck that CGI monstrosity was. <laughs> 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 but I didn't mind it too much because it was short and it just, you know, just happened and then boom, it was, it was done. You know what I mean? Like... It's not as bad as the goddamn fucking CGI witch and goddamn Blair Witch fucking chasing you down for fucking 20 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or even really, I'm a hypocrite, but, you know, even the Cloverfield monster. But in in that instance, what can you do? You kind of have to rock some CGI for that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, host was good. I mean, I mean, everyone who watched it liked it, including you. Like, I haven't heard anything negative from anyone about it. So yeah, Miles is still too busy watching uh, Monday Night Raw to really. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, because every goddamn Monday, this dude messages me about watching Raw, and just like I'm like Miles, like how do you watch this? (laughs) You know, you could spend your time watching something actually good right like you could watch host which is one third the length of a fucking it's like less than one third the length of a of an episode of monday night raw which is just objectively bad television yeah right yeah you could watch the host and get all the goodness that you could possibly expect to get from raw like what are you going to get from raw maybe one maybe two good segments if you're fucking lucky and even those segments are just not good by historical wrestling standards. Right. Uh, 
man, it's really just bad. And and like I watch um stuff on uh I watched, YouTube. I was gonna say I watch the YouTube highlights every now and then, but even then, like I'll just watch the pay per views if that. Like I didn't watch Hell in a Cell. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't watch yeah. Hell in a Cell either. Maisie was Mazer Laser was very excited about Hell in a Cell for a second. She just texted me like, "Hell in a Cell's tomorrow. We gotta watch it." And I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> fucking fate worse than death." Um, and it would have been too because the only match that I was even halfway remotely interested in was Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, and that was the first match. Oh, it was. the entire card they opened with it. So the rest of the entire show would have been a fucking slog. Yeah. Um, and it's all just so fucking phoned in now. Like it's all so phoned in and. And phony that they, they've gotten even the guys that I like, they've somehow gotten me to just be like, I don't like. They're in really bad segments with really bad dialogue. These guys aren't allowed to cut their own promos anymore. Like, uh, like Kevin Owens, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> I used to love this guy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I used to love him, and now every time I pull him up on a YouTube thing, I'm gonna wonder what Kevin Owens is up to. It's awful. He's just reading some terrible script, some bad lines, cutting terrible promos. They're awful. How'd you get Kevin Owens, one of the like better talkers in the whole business, to, to consistently cutting some of the worst promos every fucking week? How did how did they do? They have that? nothing for him to do, man. He just how did they pull that off? Suck the life out of everything. I mean, he didn't even fucking. I don't even think he had much going on like all fucking summer. Like he had that match at Mania where he jumped off the fucking thing, and he then, he disappeared. then he disappeared. Then he disappeared. Then he disappears. Seth Rollins, clean as a fucking whistle in the middle of the ring, and then he was just gone. And he fucking and then like what the next. The next pay-per-view, Seth Rollins had, like, a title shot. Yeah, because nothing, ma- <laughs> nothing matters. Even though he lost the, the thing. But that's, like, that's the least of my fucking worries. It's just the fact that the writing is just so goddamn bad. They, they, they write these goddamn promos that these characters that could potentially be interesting just aren't even really interesting anymore. Like, dude, I can't even fucking watch Asuka barely. You know what I mean? They've... Kind of turned her into like a bumbling idiot. Pretty much, Most, yeah. She just like, kind of runs around all excited. Just, yeah. All she just does is just fucking run around screaming all the time. And like, okay, like sometimes that's kind of funny or whatever. But man, I just long for the days of Asuka and NXT where it was like, I'm going to show up and beat someone's and ass and that's didn't it. didn't even really need to say anything. She would come out and everybody just knew. Everybody, you just knew. Because she's on this fucking winning streak, and because of her in-ring style, and just the way that she just fucking killed people in the ring, her offense looked fucking devastating. You just knew that when this bitch came out, shit was going to go down, and you didn't want to fuck with her. And if she did say something, it was, nobody's ready for Asuka, and they weren't, right? I miss that. I miss the Kevin Owens from NXT, where he was kind of the same thing. Like, you'd show up, he'd cut a badass promo. And then he would kick some ass. He'd fucking, yeah. he would powerbomb somebody on the apron. And then there was a couple times where it didn't write any, I 
pretty sure he apron bombed Finn Balor and they continued the match and Finn Balor won the match, even though that was a move that rode off like Sami Zayn for like a month. Yeah. When they first did it. You know what I mean? And it should write people off. But I miss Kevin Owens that would come in and beat John Cena. Um, you know, it's Miles will never admit it, but AJ Styles cut some pretty fucking shitty promos. Now he got he has good ones every now and then, but sometimes it's most of his are bad. I mean, like, like he's good in the ring and everything, but like his promo work ever since he got in WWE, it's mostly been awful. It's especially when he's a heel. When he's a heel, it's the worst. Because he's just like, so? he's just like, you're a loser, a you're show. a faker, you're a loser. Just like saying that shit like over and over again. I'm just like, Cat, are you five? These are five-year-old insults. It's it's fine, it's whatever. I mean, Bret Hart had bad insults too, but he, you know, he had great promos in the Attitude Era. I just think that nobody comes off as genuine. You know what I mean? Like, we all know that Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock were fake. They were a gimmick. Okay, everybody fucking knows it. Okay, but nobody questioned it when these guys the came out. The authenticity of it, yeah. You know what I mean? You you could buy into their character even though you knew that it was a character. You know what I mean? And maybe ten year old me, ten year old me didn't know it was a character, but me going back as an adult. You know what I mean? Right. They brought up a really good point the other day when Stone Cold walked out for his matches or he walked out to the ring and he legitimately just looked pissed off. (laughs) Yeah. Every time. He legitimately looked pissed off and he was talking shit. And even, even when you know that it's fake, you see this motherfucker coming down to the ring with a goddamn steel chair in his hand. Looking like somebody just fucking pissed on his own baby in front of him. <laughs> just swearing and fucking... And he's just cussing up a storm. You, in that moment, you don't even think about what's real and what's not. You're like, oh shit, this guy, this stone cold is coming to kick some fucking ass. What the fuck? You know what I mean? And he was so goddamn entertaining because he did his own shit. And he just was entertaining and they, let, they just let him be entertaining. And some people have problems with comedic Stone Cold when he was doing skits with Kurt Angle and everything. And it's not my favorite version of Stone Cold. My favorite version is the one that was hilarious just because of how badass he was. It's yeah. just like when I laugh if Arnold Schwartz when Arnold Schwarzenegger rips off the guy's two arms in total recall. Yeah. It's such a badass moment, but it's so badass that it's it just, funny. <laughs> it just makes me laugh how over the top badass it is. I don't, but Stone Cold was so goddamn entertaining that he makes it, that he makes it work, and they gave him the fucking leeway to make it work. And the worst segments that Stone Cold has ever been involved in are the ones that WWE micromanaged, like the last time that he was on Raw. That was oh uh, the one with Bi- the one with Byron Saxton. <laughs> that was probably the worst Stone Cold segment of all time. I thought it was funny until Byron got involved. Stone Cold was making it work before Byron got involved. And then when Byron got involved, nothing could have saved it. (laughs) No, that was it. (laughs) What the fuck was happening with Byron Sachs? I think we, did we talk about this on the podcast? No, we weren't doing the show at the time. 
But no, Clarence I thought says, I thought I thought it was a clever idea because I mean it's three sixteen days. Give me a hell yeah, but it's an empty fucking arena. That was the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> he did the goddamn give me a hell yeah, and then it zoomed in on the chairs, <laughs> and then went back to Stone Cold, just kind of bewildered, like didn't know what to do. And that was good. That was good. But then they they ruined it. Dude, they sent Stone Cold out with note cards. Did he have he note said, cards? I didn't know. I don't remember that. Yeah, he was reading off note cards of how to celebrate three sixteen days. Oh yeah, he had like the rules of it. Yeah. Oh my fucking god! Could it be any worse than that? <laughs> you sent one of the best promos in the business of all time out there with some goddamn note cards. <laughs> A guy that on his back. You changed everything. He changed everything. You you were able to take your company public on his back, on the back of his promos and his matches and his performances because he went out there and fucking did his thing. And and then you were like, yep, Steve, we're sending you out there with note cards. You couldn't (laughs) fucking... You couldn't send this guy out there to save the show. And by the way, you're going to interact with Byron Saxton. He's going to be doing something that makes absolutely no sense. No human being in the fucking world would ever fucking act like this. But our writers are so fucking bad. They're so fucking bad. This is what they've come up for you, Steve. And I can't believe that Stone Cold Steve Austin. Was like, all right. This is an indictment on him. That he, that, I mean, I understand, oh, I, threw my, I threw my mic side down, but my, yeah. my ear was so itchy, that he, this, an indictment on him that he just does not give a fuck enough anymore to, to say, because, I mean, he doesn't really have a dog in the race anymore. He's over. He's over till death. Yeah. You know what I mean? People are not going to fucking look back on Stone Cold's career at this segment. You know what I mean? Just like people don't look at Shawn Michaels' last match. You know what I mean? Yeah. They kind of they try to ignore it, and people will try to ignore this. And I know we're talking about a segment. This isn't very topical anymore. But, so he doesn't give a fuck anymore. He's, he's a made man. But, Jesus Christ, Steve. If Stone Cold walked into the building that night, and that was the creative they had for him, and Stone Cold said, well, that sucks. I'm not doing it. What the fuck would they do? You can't make him do it. The Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. If he says no, if that's what you got for me, you're either going to change it. Or I'm walking. Or I'm, gonna, or I'm going home. <laughs> and what are you going to do? Not pay me my fucking Legends contract? Not pay me the fucking however much you were going to pay me to do this? I don't fucking care. I got two reality shows and a podcast. I'm making bank, brother. And he hasn't saved my money for my wrestling career. And he hasn't even done a new podcast in a fucking like year. It's just been the the classics. (laughs) So this motherfucker, Stone Cold, could have went in there and strong armed him, and he didn't fucking do it. Like this, this thing. And you know, oh my God! And the segment, the the uh, nobody wants to admit it, but the raw that he was on before that was bad. Which one was he on before that? 
Jesus Christ, like the Raw anniversary. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where he just showed up and he showed up and he could have cut a single. He, did. he didn't you say anything. One of the best talkers in the business. He didn't say a word. Show up. He didn't cut a promo. You cut him off before he could speak and he just stuttered everybody. Yeah. That episode so was, just, was a shit show anyway because they were doing it from like the two different locations, right? And you know what sucked is that online, on their on the YouTube channel, they uploaded a clip, a backstage promo of Stone Cold that was fucking brilliant. Where it was like the Stone Cold of old. He came in, the, the dude was interviewing him, you know, the chick yeah. or whatever. She started to talk and Stone Cold cut her off. It was yeah. like, you know, I can't even remember. It was some, shut your goddamn mouth. You think so cold gives a damn about what you got to say. Yeah. So, you know, like all this yeah. shit, like, um, you, you better shut your mouth or Stone Cold's going to stomp a mud hole in your ass and walk it dry. And, you know, yeah. all, you know, all the shit. And it was just great. You know what I mean? They've ruined the rocks last couple of appearances yeah. on the goddamn show. You know, they even ruined some of his in the build to John Cena. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but Jesus Christ. they. And, you know, so I'm not really blaming a lot of the wrestlers, even though, you know, they don't need to do a suicide dive every match. I don't think that there's people backstage telling them, all right, make sure you get your dive spot in. Yeah. So that that's, that's the wrestler's fault, you know, and I don't think anybody in AEW is telling these guys that, all right, make sure you get your dive and your Canadian destroyer and your dro- your corkscrew 450 in and all this shit. You know what I mean? That's that's on the goddamn that's on the goddamn wrestlers right there. Your your in-ring work is is piss. Now, a lot of people say Brock Lesnar can't wrestle. Well, he's the only fucking guy that can come in and have a great match consistently. You know what I mean? Like I know know what you mean. Probably the last five, like, great, great fucking WWE matches that I remember seeing, Brock Lesnar was probably involved in four of them. Yeah, it's when Brock gives a shit. Like, if he's versing, like, Braun Strowman, it's a fucking awful match. But when it's, like, someone he, like, actually respects, like, he can get, like, a a good match out of him. I'm going to call Midnight Miles out right now because he always thinks that if a guy sells for half a second in a match, they'll suddenly the storytelling is amazing. <laughs> or so that's what's what he always says. He's always like, "Oh my god, you know, you should watch this Kenny Omega versus Pentagon match." Holy fuck. Even just saying that gave me fucking nausea. Kenny Omega versus Pentagon. What the fuck? I would rather watch a fucking newborn baby coming out of the fucking womb. Honestly, I'd rather watch the final scene of Knocked Up on repeat where the where the fucking chick is crowning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awful, but Miles is saying, no, 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 no. Oh, my God, Jared, they told a great story. You should have seen it. Kenny Omega was selling. <laughs> and that's the defense he was selling. Wait, wait, Kenny Omega was selling? So not only are you admitting that this guy's a fucking piss-poor professional wrestler because he doesn't sell 90% of the time, that now suddenly that he sold, now, now his match is great. You know what I mean? No, and I guarantee you he probably only sold for half the match. He was probably selling like a leg injury, and then by the end of the match he was fucking strutting his stuff up the ramp like he was yeah. like he's never been touched. 
You know what I mean? I know. Like, I know what you mean. Kenny Omega can't even hit the ropes without looking like a ballerina. I swear to God, he's got to do his little skip step before he before he starts running the ropes. You know what I mean? He's got to do his little gay finger point. That's another thing. Everybody's got to get their goddamn signature pose into every goddamn match now, too. The fucking Salo Viero thing or whatever the Pentagon does. Or the goddamn, you know, the, the bullet club finger point thing. Everybody's got to yeah. fucking do it. Even Shinsuke Nakamura's got to do his little come on thing every single goddamn match. And, you know, at least when Stone Cold flicked somebody off, it was something he would do normally. Like, <laughs> I, I, okay, you're in a fight with this guy. I can picture you saying, hey, fuck you. I'm about to beat your ass. But, you know. Oh my god, dude! It's just all so fucking cliched and fake and fucking just—it's bad. And AEW was supposed to be as fucking um like a sports sports like fucking right. It's supposed to be more like real. Well, because like the only thing that they do that's like. The wins and losses, like, actually, like, matter in that, I guess. Like, they keep, like, track of it. Like, when someone's, like, coming to the ring, it'll say, like, Kenny Omega, and it'll have, like, his record, like, underneath. But, like, it's not any more, like, realistic in terms of the wrestling aspect of it. It's I- less realistic. No, yeah, I would say, yeah, because... somehow less realistic than WWE, yeah. which is insane. Not the promos and stuff, but the actual, like, in-ring work. Because, like, yeah, as you said, it's a lot more, like... There are, a couple of guys, there are a couple of guys in AEW that can cut a good promo. I'll give them that because the goddamn AEW doesn't script the damn promos. So some of these guys are able to actually go out there and cut good fucking promos like a Moxley or like a, or a Cody, you know what I mean, or an MJF, a Jericho, who's been an absolute fucking goof lately. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to think, man. I, I like Jericho, but... <sighs> I haven't been keeping up with AEW recently, but yeah, from what I've seen, it like it was like the highest rated segment, like him and MJF like singing opera or whatever the hell they were doing. They were singing show tunes. Show tunes, yeah. And of course it was the highest rated segment because everybody had to go see what the fuck this piece of shit was. <laughs> And it's and and you you're telling me that this is an alternative to WWE. No, it's just more shit with more flippy shit. You got slightly more flippy shit in AEW, but you got the same stupid bullshit that you do in WWE. With a couple of guys that can actually cut a good promo, but when it comes to a a match, they can't fucking have a good one because in-ring psychology is just something that doesn't fucking exist anymore. Yeah. It's just who can do the most flips. Yeah. And that's why I got so pissed off about the whole Pat McAfee thing when you and Miles were like, oh, he did a couple flips. He was pretty good. Well, I was just, <laughs> I wasn't defending the match. I was saying, like, oh, he didn't come out there and he was a complete scrub. Like, he was actually, like, able to wrestle or actually okay. able to do something mildly right, but athletic. You guys both, the thing that pissed me off is that you guys. Both used, like, you both literally said he did a couple flips. And I was just like, all right, man, but when's the last time Brock Lesnar did a flip? 2003? Yeah, and he landed on his head. 
You know what I mean? And then they told him, hey, don't fucking do that anymore. (laughs) You almost paralyzed your goddamn self. We don't need you being the next Steve Austin. Yeah. Except Steve Austin never did flippy shit, even when he fucking could have done it. It just didn't make sense for his character. No. Right? And so, and I mean, but the point of that is, so when's the last time Brock Lesnar did some flippy shit? <laughs> Never. Okay, 2003. And even then, he had one move. It was the shooting star press. He used to do it in OVW, and he barely ever did it in WWE. He did it at WrestleMania and fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> but it was supposed to. It was supposed to be a big move, a big moment. You know what I mean? Undertaker used to do a dive out over the top rope. He would do it at WrestleMania. He didn't do it at every fucking match. Yeah. He did it at WrestleMania, and he almost broke his neck a couple times doing that shit. You know what I mean? Or does anyone say that Brock... Le- well, people say Brock Lesnar can't wrestle because they're fucking idiots. But, um, you know, that does anyone that knows what they're talking about say Brock Lesnar and Undertaker can't wrestle? Now, Undertaker can't wrestle anymore. He, yeah, he, anymore is the key word. <laughs> he's washed up now, but... You know, the, you know, and some people even say have the gall to say Stone Cold Steve Austin can't wrestle, which is the <laughs> nice, n- n- nice try. Yeah, shit I've ever seen in my life. They even say Roman Reigns can't fucking wrestle, and I've probably been guilty of saying this on the damn podcast before, but I think I'm also guilty of coming around and saying that okay, this guy can wrestle. You know what I mean? Or that John Cena can't wrestle. That I never understood. <laughs> that I probably said on the early, early podcast, John Cena couldn't wrestle because I'm used to be of the fucking of the mindset that if you couldn't do flippy shit, you couldn't wrestle. You know what I mean? In today's day and age, I used to think that. But then when I started seeing John Cena versus CM Punk and it was the best match on the whole goddamn card and they didn't do a single fucking flip. And I was like, no, wait a second. What did these guys do here? You know what I mean? And then you go back and you look at Stone Cold versus The Rock, no flips. And it still holds up today. Stone Cold versus Bret Hart, no flips. Still holds up today. Uh, The Rock versus Hulk Hogan still holds up today based on crowd reaction. No flips. Um, Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage. Or Randy Savage versus fucking Ultimate Warrior. The best match in Ultimate Warrior's career. You know what I mean? Just... You didn't. They didn't have to do that. You could go out and do that same match today, and it would still fucking get over, because you had guys that were allowed to do their character, get that character over. Like no one, even today, I don't think nobody would fucking boo Randy Savage. And when this dude came out, you'd be like, "This guy's a fucking nutcase." Yeah. <laughs> This guy would come out to the ring. It wasn't just the promos, but when Macho Man came out to the ring or did anything, this guy looked like he just smoked fucking 10 pounds of crack. Like, his eyes would be big and he would be sweaty and his, his yeah. hair is all fucking frizzy and he's and he's fucking screaming and he's doing yeah. all the shit. Fucking double axe handle off the top rope and... Rick Flair. Now, Rick Flair, he is guilty of having the same match 10 million yeah. times. But it didn't matter because Rick Flair was fucking 
It was the man. Oh, man, so there are no Ric Flairs today that is Yeah. I don't know, man. I just can't barely I can barely watch wrestling anymore. Yeah. The so, last good thing I saw was Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor. Did you watch that? Uh no, I didn't. It's pretty good. Pretty we, good. I don't we even watched... know if they did any flips. They they just beat the shit out of each other. Finn Balor broke his jaw. Yeah. Was that at Halloween Havoc, or when was that? No, it was the last takeover. Oh, okay. No, Finn Balor was still hurt at the last Halloween Havoc because of that match. Oh. Because I know we watched part of it, but I couldn't remember. I just remember seeing a bunch of zombies walking around. I can't remember if we actually watched an actual match. Oh, that was Halloween Havoc, the the Haunted House of Terror match with, uh, with Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. Yeah. But yeah, so at the end of the day, flippy shit isn't wrestling. Uh, it can because, be. No, because you can implement it into the... Because the, what's the point of a wrestling match, right? You're trying to hurt the other person. And you're trying... Like, I mean, like... I mean, you got to make it look like it hurts. And then, likewise to that, with the selling aspect of it, after, like, a big move, you can't just, like, jump back up and do a flip, you know? Like, it has to, like... I don't know. Everyone yeah, knows what the, I'm talking about. But. Yeah, AEW is particularly guilty of forgetting that you just fucking had a sledgehammer taken to your knee. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, ten seconds later, you're, you're fucking standing up and, and doing, the, doing the fucking thing. Because um, you got to get your shit in, pal. Um, everybody's just got to get their shit in. Nobody's really a star. Um, and that's just the way it is. I, I hope that it changes one day, but I, I have no faith. A lot of the, uh, current wrestling fans that they pander to seem to be very okay with, with the shit that they're doing. Yeah. And by the way, the bad comedy that they do is not even remotely funny anymore. <laughs> I know. Like Otis is over right now, brother. Otis isn't funny. Like he can be funny. He probably could be funny. But the shit that they write for him, it's not funny, dude. But somehow it gets over with this crowd of fucking incels that watch this goddamn shit still to this day. Yeah. Well, it's probably a lot funnier than the stuff that they've been force-fed. I don't know. Lizzie's funny looking. I mean, like, he's a big dude that does the worm. I mean, like, at least there's some he, he, physical comedy you can do with that. But He is funny looking. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know, man. I haven't kept up with it in so long, so I don't... I can't even, like, properly comment on any of this shit. I feel like Otis probably would have been a good job guy back in the 80s, but he probably also would have been a star because he's really big. Yeah. I don't think he would have been a main event guy, but I think that... I guess he could have got over as, like, an earthquake or typhoon type of character um like just like a big fat guy but then when undertaker comes in like he's it's done <laughs> he's gonna get squashed you know what i mean when the real star big guy comes in like a i don't even want to use this but like a diesel even though diesel kind of sucked um <laughs> yeah. god Fucking hell, we just turned the Two Nerds podcast into a goddamn wrestling podcast again. Remember we, when we were basically a wrestling podcast back in the day? 
I mean, pretty much, yeah, because we were keeping up with it. So, like, every week we'd give, like, the the wrestling, like, update of what was going on. But now it's, like, only ever once in a while whenever we go off on a tangent. I can't even remember what we were talking about that got us onto wrestling. Miles. But... Miles choosing to watch three hours. All right, a Monday Night Raw besides, besides, besides Raw. host instead of watching host. Instead of spending one hour, you could literally watch two good movies in that time. You could start watching a, a good anime series. This dude always fucking comes up to me and says, man, I got to start watching anime again. I got to start, like, I need to start watching, I need to rewatch Yu Yu Hakusho or something. And then he wastes three hours of his life every fucking Monday night watching Raw. Well, because he watches Raw and he watches AEW. I don't know if he watches SmackDown, but then he's also, like, keeping up with, like, TNA every once in a while and, like, all these other, like, things. And I'm just like, how? In Ring of Honor and New Japan. I was like, how do you have time for all of this? Yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this, man, because I don't want to get off the... I love professional wrestling. I do. I grew up with it, and the only reason I go off like this is because I care. And I want shit to be good again. I want there to be stars. I want there to be fucking matches that I'm like, oh, shit, man. Gotta I see that. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. You know what I mean? The last time I really felt that was Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan at Survivor Series. Was it at Survivor Series? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Two years ago? Yeah. And that match was great. It lived up to everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. And we, I remember we were both hesitant going in because it was a heel Daniel Bryan. And we were both saying, this is the easiest story of all time with Daniel Bryan as like a baby face or whatever going into this match. Yeah, you, but... you couldn't have turned him heel like a week after that or something. Like he's <laughs> he's he goes fucking crazy because he couldn't beat Lesnar. But... but no, but him going in as a heel was the right call because that was incredible. <laughs> it it was, but at the same time, he was the de facto baby face of the match. Yeah. Even then, even as the heel, it was insane. He worked straight babyface, like kind of like a heelish tendency babyface. But when he started firing up and making a comeback, oh yeah, everyone was behind that him. That crowd man. came unglued. The building was going insane when he started fucking hitting Brock with the kicks and stuff like that. The crowd was losing their mind. I was losing my mind at home. It was amazing. It was great. That was professional wrestling done right. They fucking did it. It was organic. It was great. It was fucking awesome. And like like we said, that was the and string. They barely of... had a program going in. Yeah. Because they it was... won the title a week before the fucking pay-per-view. Because it was AJ and they didn't want to do the same match as last year, so they flipped it last minute, yeah. And so there was no fucking promo going in. Like maybe a week of TV of like maybe they did an interview with Daniel Bryan or something. I think that even if they did, his interview was more focused on his heel turn or yeah, whatever. And winning the title and being the the Earth's champion or whatever, doing like the biodegradable hemp belt and like all this stuff. Like it wasn't even really about Brock, from what I remember. Yeah, I think he got the belt after Brock. Yeah, but he was still he was still talking about like the self righteous stuff and all that. I'm not right. saying he had the belt at the time, but but this dude came out. They barely built this feud. 
And I, you know, just kind of like, I was interested in the match because of fucking, to me, both those guys are fucking stars. And, um, and I knew that they were going to have a badass match. Yeah. Cause like, they, cause they're both two of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Like we said, when Brock cares, they'll put in a good match. Cause that was the, the start of like the two or three months where he was having like really good matches. Cause I think he did like Finn Balor at, uh. Royal Rumble after that. and I tell you what, right now, brother. They used to say, goddamn, selling like Ricky Morton. Sell like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> that they should change it to selling like Brock Lesnar. Because when you start getting offense on this dude, holy fuck, this guy sells. He sells his ass off. He bumps like a heel. Because he's a heel. And when somebody starts kicking his ass, he sells it in a way that the crowd just goes fucking bananas. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's really getting his ass kicked. Like nobody could kick Brock Lesnar's ass yeah. in, in the WWE. But Jesus Christ. And he takes those fucking bumps out of the ring. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, my God. He's just like, because he's so big and fucking badass that he literally just throws himself out of the ring like a dumbass. Like, <laughs> I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to do that. But, I mean, what, Drew McIntyre kicked him out of the ring at the Royal Rumble. This dude went flying over the goddamn <laughs> top rope and fucking straight to the goddamn floor. Like, he just got shot with a fucking sawed-off at point-blank range. Yeah. This guy, this guy Brock Lesnar, he sells like a motherfucker. That's like, Miles wants to tell you about Kenny Omega selling. Kenny Brock Omega Lesner. needs to watch some goddamn tape of Brock Lesnar. Or even fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin used to sell his ass off back in the day. And then when he would fire up, but he would sell as a baby face. And I mean, he would sell as a heel sometimes too, which he was good at when he was a heel. But when he sold as a baby face, and then when he would fire up and get his comeback and the crowd would just go fucking yeah. insane because he's been getting his ass kicked this whole time and he was selling it. But then when he would fire up and then he would start doing the fucking, you know, the fucking, the, not the, yeah the jaw jacking and he's fucking you know doing his head from side to side talking that shit and he's dragging his fucking bum ass leg across the ring on the ropes yeah. talking the shit stomping the mud hole and everything oh my god i'm getting excited just thinking about it <laughs> one of the i mean that was the comeback of my childhood yeah. when stone cold would fire up for a comeback and little jared was fucking screaming like yeah <laughs> Hogan had a badass comeback, but his kind of got along the lines of where he just wasn't selling anymore. Like, yeah, okay, he could sell, but when he decided that he wasn't selling anymore, that was he wasn't it. selling anymore. He was kind of like <laughs> he was kind of like Kenny Omega in that respect. Yeah, Brock Lesnar will sell till the, even even after the match. This guy, you know, if you get it to the point where Brock Lesnar is selling for you, then even after he beats you. When he's walking up the fucking aisle, he's holding his gut. Yeah. He's barely clutching onto the title. He's fucking crawling up the ramp and shit. He's breathing hard. I'm pretty sure after even he beat Daniel Bryan, he was fucking like wheezing, like going up the goddamn ramp. Oh, yeah, looked, it was a hard win for him. Yeah. He looked back and Daniel Bryan kind of gave him that look like, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I love when wrestling's good. I, I wish that it could be good, good again. Yeah, good consistently. Yeah, 
Yeah, NXT pulls some shit out. And WWE pulls shit out every now and then. The, um, What culture pissed me off the other day because they did a list of the top 10 greatest TV matches of all time. And literally like four or five of them were AEW matches. That's insane. Of, all, of, of all time? Of a- all time. AEW has been CM around a year. Punk versus John Cena on Monday Night Raw for the title to determine who was going to face The Rock at WrestleMania. Okay, do you remember this? Were you watching it this time? I was aware of it. I wasn't watching it. I've rewatched it since then, but I didn't see it when it was live, no. Holy fucking shit, what a match. That was one of the best matches ever. John Cena, or I can't even remember who it was, CM Punk or John Cena, I think that it was Punk, gave fucking uh, Cena a sit-out pile driver on Raw, and it was a big deal because you don't fucking see it anymore, and Cena kicked out, which was, was okay because... It doesn't happen every fucking match. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. holy shit, he kicked out of the pile driver. And, and um, dude, that wasn't on the list. It wasn't on the top 10 greatest TV matches. But fucking goddamn uh, Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks was on the list. Shut the fuck up, okay? If you did a, a top 10 list of most athletic TV matches of all time, okay, maybe you got an argument there. Uh, you know, but like, stop! Just because the fucking young bucks and Lucha Bros refused to sell each other's offense for fucking thirty minutes and did seven thousand Canadian destroyers to each other, and someone probably did a Canadian destroyer on the fucking ring apron and then threw the guy in the middle of the ring and he still kicked out at fucking two and a half. That doesn't make it a fucking good match. I'm sorry, it doesn't. You you don't you have no storytelling, and nobody can convince me otherwise because I've never seen a match where either the fucking Lucha Bros or the Young Bucks have been able to tell a good story in a match. The only thing they've ever done is try to force as many fucking crazy spots into their match as humanly possible. That's what they do, and it's literally the the Young Bucks gimmick. Yeah, it's the whole stick, yeah. Like, how many super kicks and Canadian destroyers can we fit into this match? Hmm. I don't know, 30 minutes? We could probably get at least fucking 25 of each. <laughs> so what was the what was the number one match? Dude, some AEW match. I really? swear to God. Yeah, I swear to God. I shit you not. The only good match... Was the, good was the Brock versus Kurt Angle Iron Man match on it? It had to have been. Ah. <sighs> A 60-minute Iron Man match on fucking SmackDown or whatever it was. It might have been. I think that it was, but also part of me wants to say that it wasn't. The only one that I remember being on there where I was like, yeah, yeah, that was a fucking badass match was Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Era. Yeah. That match was fucking incredible. And um, the only thing... But that match told a story. That match told a story, and the goddamn fucking guy from Mustache Mountain was selling his ass off to the point where, like, oh my god, I think what did they have? Like, they had like a broken leg or some shit like that. 
and he couldn't fucking go anymore, but he wouldn't fucking quit. And the goddamn Tyler Bate, he had to throw in the towel. Their whole match was building up to that moment. Is he going to throw in the towel and give up and give up the tag titles? They told a story and they built up to the climax with that. That is storytelling. Not, oh my God, I sold your Canadian destroyer for two and a half counts. You know what I mean? Oh, I held I held my neck because he gave me a DDT. I'm selling, brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you're not really telling a story. You're just, yeah, you're selling the offense for a couple seconds, but, you know, that's the big difference. You know what I mean? And there could be good matches, you know what I mean? But there's those great ones are always going to be the ones that have a story. Yeah. What and was it- the story? Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar match. The story is... I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> no, Who's the, the better champion? It is a time-old tale. The way they told the match was that Daniel Bryan is like probably not even a quarter of Brock Lesnar's size. You know what I mean? There's no fucking way this guy could have a shot. But using his fucking... Re- like his, his technical ability and firing up somehow this fucking underdog son of a bitch... And I think he threw a low blow in there, too. Probably. You know what I mean? I think he low-blowed Lesnar when the ref wasn't looking to start firing up for his comeback. Um, and if that's one way to get Brock Lesnar to sell, we all know it's hitting him in the balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he'll never recover from that. He'll win the match still. But you you bet your ass he's going to be holding his balls for the rest of the night. Yeah. <laughs> These men, and they told the same story pretty much with AJ, except I don't think AJ versus Lesnar, but I don't think, I think AJ was a baby face. Yeah, because he was, he was, he's WWE champ at the time. Yeah, he was, he was face. He, because he just beat fucking whatever, uh, Dean Ambrose, right? When he was doing his whole, I don't know, tweener thing. Whatever, man. I don't remember so. that far back. But they didn't put CM Punk versus John Cena on the list. And I know that... Goddamn, dude. Um, maybe not the most technical match in the world. But how can you argue with fucking The Rock versus Mankind fucking uh, no disqualification match that they had where Mankind won the title? I know, right? First yeah. time. That wasn't on the list. And that, that for like on, his story that was on free that was yeah. on free television had probably the biggest pop of all time when Stone Cold's music hit and just like the crowd was just on it like if you're going to say that Rock versus Hogan is one of the greatest matches of all time because of the crowd then how can you say that that's not at least one of the greatest TV matches of all time cuz it had the hottest crowd of any TV match I've ever seen yeah I don't know, to me it just seems a little ridiculous to have a list called, like, the best TV matches of all time, and then half of the matches happened within the last year. Like, right. it, just, it just seems sort of like... Because, like, you think... Because, like, if I was making that list or whatever, like, yeah, AEW probably has, like, a few good matches, but, like, if you're saying, like, all time, like, I'd probably... Like, if I'm constructing a list, I'd be like, yeah, we can't fill the whole list with all this shit and just, like, pick, like, one. That was, like, the best of the best, you know what I mean? Because, like, there's so many promotions, there's so much shit that's happened since wrestling's been on TV. Like, there's no way it all happened in 2019 and 2020. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'm going to go to their article on their webpage 
to see because I remember there was a couple of WCW matches on here too. All right, so let's see here. Um, so is that is that it? Uh, all right, let's see here. Um, so okay, so number ten, Randy Savage versus La Parka on. Monday Nitro, July 7th, 1997. I'm pretty sure this wasn't even a match from the way they described it because La Parca wasn't even La Parca. It was Diamond Dallas Page. Um, I, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of ludicrous. <laughs> All right, number nine, Phoenix versus Nick Jackson. Stop it. I bet you can't even fucking remember anything about the match, Simon Miller. Um, he didn't write this, did he? Uh, he hosted the goddamn video. Oh. Um, all so right, number eight, is, that's, is this the Young Bucks one you were talking about? Uh, number Fighter eight, Fest? FTR versus the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade at Fighter Fest Night 2. Let's see here. A spot fest with more narrative substance to it than one million methodical matches. This banger, this total fucking banger with that fucking Canadian destroyer spot. All right. (laughs) Okay, brother. Uh, Triple H versus Chris Jericho on Raw in 2007 or 2000, 2000 when Chris Jericho won the belt. Um, but I had to give it up later that night. Yeah. Triple H, X-Pac, and the Radicals versus The Rock, Mankind, and Too Cool from 2000. A lot of tag okay. matches on this list. Yeah. There's Undisputed uh, Era versus Mustache Mountain for number five. Which, which listen, this this was great. <laughs> that that yeah. match, I'll say, I don't even know how I ended up watching that goddamn match, but I watched it, and it was fucking Fantastic. Sting versus Dallas Page. Okay, probably a good match. Bret Hart versus 1-2-3 Kids. Not looking good for Lesnar versus Angle. <laughs> Not looking good, no. Kenny Omega versus Enhanced Page. I fucking watched this match. I don't even remember a damn thing about it. You, you know why you don't? Because the fucking Lucha Bros are terrible. And <laughs> all they do are spots. And Kenny Omega also, all he does is spots. So, let's see here. And then Kenny Omega versus Pac. Okay. So, Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle Iron Man match on SmackDown. Not on the list. (laughs) Not on the list. Uh, Goddamn CM Punk versus uh, John Cena uh, at Raw. Not on the list. Fucking Stone Cold versus Chris Benoit on SmackDown. Which it, Whenever, all the time. Is, <laughs> which I'm not even saying is the fucking one in the top ten. I bet your fucking ass it's better than... There's no way that half of it is AEW. There's no way. More than half, right? How many of those were just AEW matches? The top two were AEW. I, I think... Alright, so... what? I think it's four out of ten. So it's less than half. So we got one, one two. two. 
There's Bret Hart versus one, two, three kid. Whatever happened to Razor Ramon versus one, two, three kid? I thought that was the memorable one. Can't remember. Three. Four. I think it's four out of ten. Yeah, so four out of ten. So nearly half the list. Ugh. I don't know. I can't. Hell, I... is it? Fuck, is it the goddamn two man power trip versus Jericho and Benoit? Isn't that one of the greatest TV matches of all time? Would would Triple H tore his quad? Not according to uh, not according to Walk Culture. No, from what I remember, that's a good match. I mean, he fucking finishes the fucking thing, even though his fucking leg is falling apart. Yeah, but I mean, I need to rewatch it. But from what I've gathered, is that a lot of people say that even before that that part of the match happened, that they were just fucking having a barn burner. They were fucking tearing the house down. So, I don't know. To me, fucking... There wasn't one uh, Stone Cold match on that whole list. Yeah, well... Or, I don't know. I mean... I haven't trusted Walt Culture in years, so, I mean, it doesn't matter to me what they right. have to say. Whatever, man. Wrestling is flippy shit. No. <laughs> that's that's what wrestling is. Suicide dives and flippy shit. Yeah. Um I, I I remember the days when like one or two guys would be doing some flips and that was their thing. And that's how they got over. You know what I mean? It was like fucking Jeff Hardy and, and Rey Mysterio would do flips. You know what I mean? Or, I mean, in WCW, they had the entire cruiserweight division that were mostly doing it. But in the main event, those guys weren't really doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even in the cruiserweight division, you still had guys like fucking uh, Benoit, who, like, that wasn't really his thing. Like, he could do it, and I think he probably did with a couple of, of the cruiserweight guys. I mean, you have to do flips when you're in there with them. Literally just to sell their offense, you got to be able to do a flip, right? Um, but and like I, I agree with you with all this, like to a certain extent, like the flips definitely have like a time and a place, but like again, like you're trying to hurt the other person, and how is you doing a fucking corkscrew in the air and then landing on someone more effective than just doing something else? Like you know what I mean? Like the flips in the air like don't matter; it's still the impact that counts, you know. I remember, and and the thing is, is when you just do it overkill and overkill and overkill, it loses. Yeah, it loses. It's, it's not yeah. impressive anymore. Do you remember Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar versus John Cena at Royal Rumble? We watched that together, not live. You, we we rewatched it at some point at your house. We were in your bedroom. The one where Brock's <laughs> laying on the table selling for half the match, and then he comes back in, yeah. What an absolute fucking belter of a match. That was a yeah. fucking insane match. Um, and I like matches like that because dudes can hit finishes, and you don't have to kick out of them. Somebody can can make the save, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, but, all right. I don't know. I think Seth Rollins probably does it every match now, which explains why it's not impressive anymore. But back then, he never did the Phoenix Splash. I'd never seen him do it before. 
Okay, he might have did it in Ring of Honor or whatever, but for that match, Seth Rollins decided, I'm going to bust out the Phoenix Splash, okay? And he fucking did it. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. That was awesome. You know why? Because he never fucking did it. He didn't fucking kill the move by doing it every single fucking match. Like these Canadian destroyers or these fucking middle rope dives and and these fucking, you know, whatevers, dude. I just, oh, my God. I can't talk about wrestling anymore. <laughs> yeah. What's the title of this podcast, buddy? Uh, wrestling is more than just flippy shit, I guess. Ooh, Miles is going to love this one. Yeah. I don't know He'll what else. I mean, what else to call it at this point? I mean, like. He'll actually fucking listen to this because it has wrestling in the title. Yeah. He's got some catching up to do from the past month. So does No Star Reviews. I think he missed a couple episodes, so he's going to have oh, to. I, th- I think that Miles is going to skip right ahead to this one. Yeah, he might. He may as well. Yeah, and then he'll get pissed, and then he'll text us the, he'll text us the same message independently later. Like, he'll text us the same exact thing, but not at the same time, So, uh, which is what he tends to do. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, listen, Miles, just like wrestlers that don't do the fucking same thing over and over again, and... You know? Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix sucks, dude. <laughs> so many people put this guy over and listen. Or, yeah, he's one of the most athletic dudes that's probably ever fucking wrestled. He's like Rey Mysterio on steroids. He sucks. He can't wrestle. He can flip. Oh, you bet your ass he can flip. And he's got a lot of balance, too. He's very agile and flippy, and, and you know, man, oh, man, he can move. He's got a lot of potential, this kid does. He could be something great. Too bad he never learned how to fucking work. <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> it's a damn shame. Nobody ever sat down and said, Phoenix, I'm going to teach you how to work today. <laughs> I mean, that's how they do shit in Mexico, so I mean, I guess I kind of get it. But I mean, even when Rey Mysterio came to America, and Eddie Guerrero came to America, and, and Psychosis and Juventude and stuff like that, they still taught these guys kind of how to adapt their lucha style into like a little bit more American, you know, where these guys still sold and still did, you know, like... Whatever. You can't sit here and tell me that any of these fucking... You know what match didn't make this goddamn top ten list? Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio on Nitro when they were like Sturgis. Oh, yeah. Dude, what a goddamn match. (laughs) What the fuck? I swear to God, um... Goddamn... Uh... Rey Mysterio tries to, like, jump off the top rope to the outside... To give Dean Malenko like a fucking like uh now I'm describing spots like a fucking <laughs> AEW mark. But I mean, like, dude, does it get any more fucking crazy than this spot? If you like spots, then like none look more devastating to me than Rey Mysterio trying to jump out springboard out of the ring, Hurricane Rana, Malenko catches him and fucking power bombs him onto the floor. Holy shit. That looks like he just fucking murdered the guy. Yeah. 
Now, it probably should have wrote Rey Mysterio off for the rest of the year and yeah. did continue the match, so <laughs> it does. But, I mean, you know, whatever. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't have too much else to say about this. Yeah, I'll just say this. Phoenix sucks. The Young Bucks suck. Kenny Omega sucks. Um, so we'll never be sponsored by AEW is what you're saying. Well, I, I like Moxley. <laughs> kind of. He can't really sell, but... Um, I like his promos, at least. He can cut a, a damn good promo. Um... I like Jericho. We all know he can cut a good promo. He's been fucking goofing off for the past month or so, being a fucking idiot. Um, it's it's stupid because for Jericho, he doesn't need to do this. Jericho was already fucking hilarious as the top heel in the company. And he was being a dick and he was doing heelish things. And his promos still were funny. They still made me laugh. But now he's just fucking lost the plot and he's just doing the same goofy comedy shit that if it was on WWE television. He'd be be complaining about it. Everybody would complain about it. And everybody would say, oh, WWE sucks. You know, this is, look, look what they do. Like, here's the thing. How about Miro? Rusev? Okay. Okay. And I was a big, big fucking proponent. I know I said this on the podcast. You say it all the time. Rusev Rusev Dave Dave sucks. Rusev Dave was overrated. It sucked. Um, but people just like to chant shit. Okay. Whatever. So here's Rusev, who we all know the sky is the limit for this fucking guy. We saw him. He can work. He can fucking. I don't know if he can really cut a promo or not but when he had a mouthpiece he came off as menacing when vladimir rusev first came out he came off to me like a guy that you wouldn't fuck with he would come out with the gold medal thing on yeah and the, fuck, <laughs> and the flag and he would do the stomp and the ah like the scream and i'd be like i wouldn't want to wrestle this guy because he's got his low center of gravity and he's, <laughs> built like a, he's built like, like a, a fucking monkey. tank He's built like a goddamn tree trunk. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, I don't even know if I could get my arms around him. And it wasn't that he was fat. He's just he a big just, dude. He's like barrel like chested. Fucking yeah. solid rock. You know what I mean? And he could work. And so he would have good matches with like John Cena and shit like that. The guy had a world of potential. And then people started complaining because they killed Rusev Day, which sucked. It was dumb, anyways. It wasn't a main event gimmick. This guy has main event potential. Um, And then they complained. And here's the big thing. Rusev wants to leave. He's frustrated with his creative. He's involved with a shitty storyline with Bobby Lashley and Lana. And they're doing shitty weddings. And he's coming out to the ring in Mickey Mouse shirts and fucking holes in his sweatpants and shit. And it's just bad. And Rusev, he's got to go, man. He's got to go to AEW. To show what they've really fucking been missing out on. Show them what he's really made of. And what does he do on AEW? He comes out 
in fucking Mickey Mouse shirt and sweatpants and is a fucking goof who fucking is going to be the best man for another shitty wedding angle. In no way, shape, or form is he showing me at all what WWE missed out on. As a matter of fact, he's showing everybody that, wow, WWE is casting this guy probably how he wanted to be casted because apparently he's got some creative creative freedom in AEW and he's doing the same stupid shit in AEW. And by the way, he came out and said some... Oh, I unplugged my camera. Yeah, I can still Uh, hear you. But yeah, you've disappeared into the void. But if you're um, listening to this, they never saw you to begin with, so... My, uh... Oh, this is bothering me now. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but I mean, just he's no better in AEW than he was in WWE. So what yeah. was the should have just stayed in WWE? Yeah, I haven't seen his shit. I mean, I saw his debut, but again, I haven't been watching, so I wasn't aware that he was doing the same old shtick. Yeah, I came out fucking. Like, yeah, I saw him come out wearing like a pink shirt with Mickey Mouse on it. I I saw that, but I haven't kept up with it. And I think he has no, like apparently that's a really rare and expensive shirt. It's like a Gucci Mickey Mouse shirt. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. You still look like a fucking idiot. Would it kill you? And I know it's played out and maybe cliche, but it, would it kill you to come out in like a fucking suit? Or something, so you look like somebody. Look menacing, yeah. I understand. Not even menacing, but just look like you know what the fuck you're doing. You look like a professional. You know what I mean? Especially if you're a heel, or if you want to be portrayed as serious. Would it kill you to come out in a goddamn, in your old fucking gear? With the fucking sweat jacket and the trunks and stuff? I don't know, man. Yeah. Instead of flexing on everyone with a... Three hundred dollar T shirt or whatever it was. Well, you just look like an idiot for buying that shirt. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. I think we should wrap this up. I've I've rambled enough. All right. Yep. So we barely got a word in edgewise. That's fine. Sorry. Sorry to all the Bruiser fans out there today. It's fine. Uh, Next next week we'll keep the wrestling talk to a minimum or whatever. We'll figure out something to talk about next week, but. Yeah, I mean, I was worried we weren't going to have about an hour to talk about, but we've gone about an hour 40. So, yeah, I guess it's time to wrap things up. Well, when you really piss me off with the wrestling, uh, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. So, as always, you guys, make sure you uh, subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to the show. If you're following us on Twitter, make sure you tweet at us. Or if you're watching the video version, make sure you leave a comment down below on what we should talk about next week. Um, and yeah, there's not, not much too else to say. Fuck Donald Trump. And yeah, this is Buddy the Bruiser signing off. And Dynamite Jared has disappeared. Oh. And I can't see him, so I don't really know what's going on, but that's fine. I was reading something, um, and I'm Dynamite Jared. I'll catch your ass down the road. <laughs>